tune in weekly to the Piper Carter podcast with Piper Carter for a conscious take on music, arts, politics, and fashion. The founder of We Found Hip Hop has a say on what you should know about culture with a balanced conscience. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Piper Carter podcast to hear the stories and thoughts of Piper Carter. Follow Piper Carter on Instagram at Piper Carter. All right, we are back in full effect in the Detroit is Different podcast studios. I am here with my sister running on good, as we call it, <laughs> cultural clock. Yes. Cultural clock. Yeah. Piper Carter, how you feeling? I'm great. Yeah, I just came from the African-American Museum, the Charles H. Wright here in Detroit, where our beloved Juanita Moore uh, has retired. And I went to her retirement celebration. Mm-hmm. And I will do a podcast about that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. You are rocking full. Uh, you rocking colors up in here. Yeah. Colors. Colors. <laughs> exactly. Remember you that? like iced tea. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Except I'm more like Arnold Palmer because I have Arnold. like blue and red. <laughs> so, along with that, you have brought the doctors in the house the today. Do- <laughs> doctors and mm-hmm. they're not like honorary doc. it's a lot of honorary doctors out here that no no they actually like paid for theirs <laughs> <laughs> well we did the work they did the work that's what i mean you paid the real price paid the real price they, they had to study doctors. they had to read they they passed all their tests they didn't just they and didn't, they paid their tuition they just weren't famous uh people from the school and it was no. like yo we right. need you to speak at this election, at right. this graduation. And right. It's like, how am I going to do that? And it's like, because we going to make you a doctor. Right. No. And no. it's like, for real? Oh, call me Dr. Curry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're modest. They have their PhDs. And that's, that's Miss right. Brittany. Brittany, your segment is definitely going to be needed next, next, the next episode. We need a Brittany segment. Yeah. You know. We need to learn what's going on in the world. people. Yes. But without any further to do. Give the wonderful introductions you always give, Piper, where you talk about where you met these people. Where were you at emotionally, yeah. psychologically? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Spiritually. So, yeah. And then the synergy of life connected you to these wonderful women. This is true. Yeah. I mean, um, so in the real world of Adams, A-T-O-M-S's, <laughs> um, let me see. We were doing, we, we, like, you know, I always tell you guys, we did this um, no misogyny open mic that lasted for five years. It was super incredible. And um, uh, we got lots of national and international attention for the work that we were doing, uh, transforming culture. And so within um, that time period, um, these two incredible humans, came one day to me and were like, hey, could we talk to you um, about what you're doing and the work that you're doing? I feel like that was around 2012. Yeah, we first interviewed you in January 2012. So it was 2012. Yeah. And um, yeah, so uh, they were really interesting. I didn't know that they were professors. I just mm. thought they were people who were just interested in what we were doing. Um, and they were like, yeah, so what are you you know, what are you doing? And um, I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, just <laughs> well, we trying had to no figure idea. it out. We had no idea how many things Piper was doing. Exactly. So we were like, you know, the foundation. Like, oh, well, yeah. she also does 
But you guys asked me in a way, like, as if I had the whole thing figured out and was like, yeah, explain this thing to me that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like, for me at that time, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. (laughs) You know, I mean, we did. Right. It was like an intentional conscious thing. But at the same time, um, it was just it it was a I'm going to call it a lab. It was an experiment. Mm. But yeah. So um, we have um, Dr. Kelly Hay in the building (laughs) and also uh, Rebecca Ferrugia. They are from Oakland University here in Michigan. So, yeah, I'm going to ask you guys to tell us a little bit um, about yourselves. You know, I know you guys are like, oh, my God, I'm a professor. I don't want to tell you about myself. But um, just tell us a little bit about yourselves, like, you know, where you come from and, you know, what you do and what you teach and, um, you know, why why you're like why you were caring about a hip hop open mic. Great. So I grew up in California to a very working class, self-identified Okie and Missouri Mule family. That's Kelly. I'm Kelly. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, and music was just a huge part of our our culture. Uh, and for my mom, it was like R&B and that kind of thing and bebop. And for my dad, it was totally old school country. So that's what I grew up with. And um, I knew that college was going to be something that uh, was my life. So I, I'm starting before the professor thing. Mm-hmm. So swimming in school kind of got me out of the bubble that was my life when I was a kid. And... Um, so once I got to school, I knew that teaching was going to have something to do with, I first thought I was going to be a high school English teacher, and mm. I got over that as soon as I started taking communication and cultural studies courses, and that's what really pulled me in, is how people use everyday cultural practices like music and poetry and different kinds of speech, whether it's protest speech or you know folklore or whatever, to change the world. Um, and so I did that originally in my when I was doing... I, went on past undergrad and did a PhD. And my PhD program, I worked with Arab American communities, mm-hmm. some Muslim, some Christian. And I studied how they kind of negotiated national identity and through music and dance. And so mainly dance. Mm. Um, so that's sort of my background. I come from that working class family. I love to dance. I love, uh, I've always loved R&B and the hip hop I came to know was what was on the radio in 1979. And then everything that was on the radio after that. I have no idea about the history of the real hip-hop. and The culture. The culture, the broader culture. I just knew rap music on the radio for mm-hmm. a very long time until 1994. And in 1994, I was in graduate school, and Nas dropped Illmatic. Trisha Rose dropped Black Noise, which was one of the first mm-hmm. comprehensive academic books uh, yeah. that's sometimes really readable. powerful very powerful book and it had a big influence on me but I still wasn't a, a scholar of hip-hop in any way or music I continued what I was doing got a job and then this one Rebecca Frugia my research partner came to Oakland and she's the one that found you she mm-hmm. went to mm-hmm. uh, what was the second anniversary the mm-hmm. second it was the anniversary party it was the first time she ever came to the foundation was like blown away mm. and so she told me hey you got to come with me to this women in hip-hop thing at the old miami i think you're gonna dig it and so i'm like okay so i went with her and this other colleague of ours and i'm gonna let her tell this story because it's how we came to know who you well i came through her to know who you are and some other things about misogyny happened that night that was like <laughs> very compelling right. in your face lesson. It was like, wow, I've never seen anything like this in a club. 
um, and that's what got my kind of mm. move, meters moving. Uh, and then I was like, this is, we got to study this. Who, who, where's Piper? <laughs> um, and, and she'd already kind of approached you, right? Like, mm-hmm. here's my business card. You're, you're, I remember the story she tells us. She came up to you and said, I'd really like to interview. And you're like, about what? <laughs> oh, yeah, because I was like, who's this white lady? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that was very hard for me to do, I'll say, to get the courage to, like, I'm like, okay, because I came back, and I'm like, I'm going to talk to her this week. I've got Make sure I have a card, because I don't have any cards on me, because who does that anymore, but this was seven years ago. <laughs> and I was so nervous to ask Piper, and she's like, about what? And I'm like, I don't know this. What else do you do? Do you do other things? So that was a long uh, list of things to learn about Piper. But um, I guess I came to this because... Um, I grew up in Windsor, so I was always, like, enamored and fascinated by everything I heard about Detroit, and I don't know where this came from, but by the time I was, like, 12, I was really, like, screw commercial music, what, like, <laughs> how do I find anything else, you know, here, and and then by, I had, like, a, I guess somewhat naive immigrant parents, I don't know, or maybe they just wanted me to be happy, because they just kind of let me be me, so mm. by the time I was 15, I was, like, taking the tunnel bus across from Windsor to Detroit and going to shows at St. Andrew's Hall and mm. that kind of thing. And at that time, it was like, you know, punk and alternative. And and then uh, when I started undergrad, a friend took me to, I guess I'll sound old and call it a rave because that's what we called it <laughs> um, <laughs> back then. And then I was like, whoa. like This is 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So now we're like mid-90s. And it blew my mind when I was like, okay, this amazing shit is from here. And I live this close to it. Like, <laughs> what? So that just kind of changed, I think, the course of my life in a lot of ways. Um, so when I got to graduate school, I don't know. I was following that mantra, like, do what you know, write what you know. So I decided I wanted to write about women in electronic music. Um, so, so that was kind of like my dissertation project and some of my early work as a scholar was looking at like women and electronic music. Um, but for that project, I went to San Francisco for a couple summers and did a lot of research there because that was the one place at the time, like in the early 2000s, that had like, uh, you know, kind of official collective, the Sister SF collective for like women in electronic music. So I was like, okay, great. Um, and then I came back and worked on that for a while and wrote some articles, and that was published as a book called Beyond the Dance Floor. And right after that ended, I had this anxiety of like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do now? What am I, you know, just freaking out. Because, was, uh, because like, that project was done, you know, and uh, you have this fear of, like, yeah. I'm not going to have any more ideas. What? <laughs> but, but when I was doing the Such rave stuff here, I was always very curious about what was happening with hip-hop because it was, like, parallel, but, like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like ships crossing the night. But I was mm-hmm. never in it right i lived in windsor i didn't really know people in detroit but i'd always hear about like legends on the radio Mm -hmm. and i loved uh, um you know like ghetto tech and all that stuff so then i just opened up the metro times one day when that as that project was finishing and i'm like oh i don't know what's this and there was a little write-up for all the things going on at the old miami and one of them was like the foundation women in hip-hop and really i was just like i'm just gonna go check this out just having no idea what it could become or what went on there or anything and that was the two-year anniversary so it was really crazy and there were like balloons and Mm. everyone was celebrating and knickknack and mahogany were on the mic and you know of course piper was there um yeah i'm a one leader in the show 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who was DJing. If it was like Hetty or Mel or yeah, I think it was both of them. Yeah, and um, and I was just like, wow, this is insane and incredible, and I don't know. I was like, so then I I went back, I think again, and and then I Kelly was over one night, and I was like, we should go to this thing, and I I. I tell, I try to get everyone to go to all things. That's what I've done my whole life. And then you learn that 90% of the people you know don't care about any of it, right? <laughs> and they're That's like, true. I don't want to go to your thing. Your yeah. rave, your punk show, your hip-hop thing. Right. I'm not interested. And Kelly was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so so we went. And then um, I think I'll let Kelly tell this part of the story because oh, okay. she's better at it. But what happened there that kind of sort of was a catalyst for... Because I was like, maybe there's something to this, and it could be a project. I don't know. But then this says so. Up. We were sitting outside, and the old Miami has this, you know, this big open space that's as big as the inside, if not bigger. And bigger. and a student of mine that it was like from four or five years ago goes, Doctor Hey, is that you? And I was like, Oh my <laughs> God, I'm at the club, and here comes a student. I had a drink, and maybe both hands or something. That's so this worst. guy comes up, and I was like, you know, I love this kid, and he did a hip hop project in my mm-hmm. class that was not a hip hop class. So we start talking. And all of a sudden, our friend that came with us goes, come on, come on, you got to go to the dance floor now. And we're like, what? <laughs> so we go in, and he's like, you have to see this. So we get there, yeah. and this young backpacking rapper dude, maybe 21 on the dot, like mm-hmm. yesterday, um, was up there, and he was dropping bitches and hoes and whatever. So the DJ at the time cut the music and Sakari, said... Sakari, who we uh, didn't know yet. <laughs> yeah, said... Uh, we don't do that here. We, you know, we respect women, right? And um, and then mahogany and knickknack piped in and all that. So the guy's like, he was uncomfortable and like, okay, sorry. And he gets off the stage, and I was like, whoa, I've never seen a gender check in a hip hop space yeah. in my life. And I was like, okay, Becca, this is happening. We have to like invest. <laughs> What's going on, man? I, I had no clue that that was ever going to happen because I was used to. Um, I grew up in the, the San Francisco Bay Area, the mm-hmm. East Bay, where Oakland was where Too Short and, you know, the groups and all that <laughs> were. And it was, so I knew that, and then I knew Run DMC and everybody on the radio. I didn't know anything like this. Um, and it was like, wow, the local is what we need to know, and it's connected to everything mm. else. But that's where it started with what's going on here in this old Miami and who's Piper? <laughs> Um, and mm. little did we know that seven years later, we'd still be here. I mean, we're happy to report that I think we're finishing up. We mm-hmm. hope we have a deadline of December 2018. Right. To We've published several articles that come, come out of this work. Right. So Piper's um, always asking us, well, what is this book about? And it's her, <laughs> right? You know. So this book is about the way she created this collective which she calls a lab Mm -hmm. uh, that brought all kinds of diverse women and men together that were supportive mainly women but there were always men in the background and foreground as teachers and as supporters and board members whatever um that's a very interesting perspective well that's how we Mm. kind of saw it so uh, we started tracking you know how they create um not just music but space for women Mm -hmm. who don't feel comfortable and aren't invited to get on other stages in the city and hip-hop women that really wanted to learn how to even women that are that still just want to do something to support sure and so so women that wanted to learn how to be djs that weren't invited and were you know it's tech thing it's boys right they didn't have opportunities b-girls weren't you know as welcomed even though they Mm -hmm. were always there um, and so this was a space for everybody who did any element of hip hop or who did the knowledge mm-hmm. element, right? Let's build community, have awareness of community, mm. 
how do they do it? And they do it through relationships. They do it through collaboration. They do it through making events. They do it through um, not just the open mic, but then the meetings that would follow, which was really collective work, where we'd have talk about ideas, we'd brainstorm, we'd create things, we'd set goals, um, we'd talk about delegation, <laughs> we'd talk <laughs> about um, who's going to do what. We'd always have money tensions because nobody wants to give it up. So we, the book is about in, artists that are individuals, but also part of this collective and the work they did and, and what that opened up, what kind of action mm. comes from this music as a practice, not just an object. And so. from the very beginning, like, um, everyone was really great about talking to us. You know, we had concerns about how we would be received as, you know, two white lady academics, academics you know, wanting to... We'll just do this work and talk to people and become more involved. And everyone's been so amazing and so supportive and helpful. And we've we're bugging people all the time, like, can you answer this question? Can you follow up mm. to this? What happened here? And like the whole all this work couldn't happen without right. And so we've done like formal interviews in. and follow ups and follow ups. Mm -hmm. But the most rich stuff comes from Piper's texts and conversations and being in the car together, going someplace and saying, you know, I don't get what a 16 bar verse means. What is <laughs> it? It's like, boom, two, three, you know, they're mm -hmm. like teaching us on the fly. <laughs> you still white. And remember, Piper taught me many things. Like one night I. Um, I, I learned, po I've been a poet for a long time, but okay. I've been a nervous presenter, a mm -hmm. fluid writer. And so two of the our foundation artists, Mahogany Jones, who was mm -hmm. a long-term mm -hmm. host and artist, and Ms. Corona, who's another MC, And, and co-founder. And co-founder, became poetry teachers to me. Um, and so they pushed me, and one night I headlined, a very small crowd, mm -hmm. thank God, the at the foundation. Right? I did this poetry shtick. And so the last poem mm -hmm. that I ended with is called Dear Nas, which is it's a tribute well, not a tribute, it's like an answer. It's a letter that I've written him in response to a track that he has on his untitled album called Testify. And it's where, oh, look at you. Do you know Testify, where oh, he's saying, uh, yes. would you ride with me? Would you, well, you know, what you're saying, you'll buy my records, whiteies, but would you reach for me? Mm -hmm. would you? And so it, it's a response to that. So after I finish, Piper comes up to me and she goes, yo, Kelly, stay white. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I'm not oh, trying to be swear black. on this. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. You're all good. You're all good. Okay, so it was a WTF moment, and I was offended, thinking that she thought I was trying to. She wasn't be offended. Black. She was upset. You were offended. Well, you were... offended came later. I was upset, thinking, oh my god, she thinks I want to be black because I did Dear Nas and I did poetry and a black. I was like a big old baby. Mm. Um, and then what'd you say, Piper, when I said? I don't this to know. Me. What did I say? Oh. You told me that, you know, like, when you no, say no. to black folks, stay black, that right. means stay true to yourself. Yeah, yeah. And so that's what she was meaning, and I didn't get what it meant <laughs> at all. Kelly was well, it's funny that you say that because I want to get into the Nas. It's just to give more insight about you and your thought process through music, because when you... Uh, when a person talks about their favorite artist, it kind of gives you insight, and they tell you why and why they're connected. You get insight on who they are. So I was going to ask both of you, through your path and journeys of uh, becoming so embraced and uh, connected to it, what did you learn about yourselves? Oh. Through the music side of it, and then just seeing people like Carter who have a whole encyclopedia of how to even break hip-hop down. Because... Uh, that that to me is a lot that should be like the sixth element right. of hip-hop is being able to like give your perspective of it so what did you learn about First yourself thing i learned was i didn't know what i didn't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i had to learn not i knew the elements but i needed to learn the context the history the the streetness the and then all the kind of bs that goes with 
street knowledge and street credibility and it's real and it's a performance and it's so what I learned about myself is is that I learned not to be afraid to love something that I know isn't mine and it wasn't written for me but I can love it and respect it anyway like a connoisseur very interesting well yeah. I don't want to just eat it up uh, I just I, mm -hmm. it goes through my pores but I'll never claim it as my own mm. I mean I'll, I'll do poetry but I'm not an MC in any way, shape, or form, mm. and I got no business trying, as far as I'm concerned, because mm. I can't even tell you what a, a four-beat whatever mm. is. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're writing about it. Uh, you do know what a four-beat. I do, I do, yeah. but, but I, I know the I know the context. Right. So Nas yes. is my favorite because I like he. You know, the, you know, a lot of rappers will say I'm a street journalist. The way he told stories in Illmatic, especially One Love, that, that one song love, about one love. people mm -hmm. in prison and his brothers and, you know, seeing every, his whole neighborhood disappear and go Gave to jail. Gave you some imagery. Oh, yeah. And some language. And it was vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, men loving on men. Um, that isn't a butt slap on the football field. Mm -hmm. So that deeply touched me. And so did The World Is Yours and Life's a Bitch and all those other songs on there that just, and I just could love putting together the intertextual things, mm -hmm. like how it samples from, um, what's it called? Wild, uh, that that Ahern documentary movie. Oh, Wild Style? Wild Style. Mm -hmm. Like the, the mm -hmm. track from, uh, the, his intro comes right from that movie. Yeah. Okay, um, I understood so what about you, Rebecca? I don't know. I'm like, what's the question? What um, what, what have you learned like through working yourself. on the project? I kind or, of, I kind of yeah. Like, yeah, I'd love to talk about the project. Um, I almost feel like I'm gonna start crying. Like I'm just so mm. grateful for the relationships, right? Like it mm -hmm. always bugged me. Like I grew up in Windsor, so I was close to Detroit, but I had no con no real connection to women in the city, right? To African American women in Detroit. So I think I've learned a, lo learned a lot about, just, you know, myself and relationships. And I, I wish more people, like, I you know, it's very disturbing to me that Metro Detroit is one of the most racially segregated, you know, metropolitan yeah. areas in the country. And how much there is to learn and how much everyone would benefit if there was more of that cross-racial or, you know, su suburb city relationships developing like Kelly and I talk about all the time I'm sort of a different person now I feel like than I was when we started the project like the things we've learned aren't things you can learn about from commercial media mm. or, mm. In the area. or any book right yeah so mm. it's just been amazing to be really and and I mean you know I say be entrenched in the city but I'll admit like I don't live in the city yeah, you know, but, but even dealing, dealing with that, like, oh, no, I don't live in the city. So is this a bad thing? Do I, you know, am I, can I do this work? And it's been awesome to have relationships with some of the women who are part of our project uh, uh, and to dialogue about this, right? Who maybe mm -hmm. they don't live in the, all live in the city either. And mm, I'm like, right. oh, okay. Or, you know, here are reasons why or when points in your life it works for you and when it doesn't. And. I don't know. I think exploring all of that and just really like now we're, I'm going to say we, <laughs> are just so passionate about the work being done here. Like the artists who are part of our project and those and others who aren't, right, for various reasons, are just so prolific and so talented and 
just trying to get the message out about what's going on here and what they're doing and provide this like in some ways our work is like and the and the work the artists are doing is like alternative media right because yeah. mm-hmm. where else do you hear this so when we go to conferences people are genuinely interested and yeah. want to know what's happening yeah. right because oh, definitely. i was reading riverwise yesterday and even in riverside riverwise magazine yesterday there was one of the articles was about how you know the world is quick to come here and write write about all the ruin porn or the bankruptcy or whatever but that there's still so little coverage of all the community building right. work happening mm-hmm. and it's happening in such a i don't know like explosive level at this point i think so it's really been humbling and rewarding i think to to do the work and and learn so much like i love that kelly opened with i didn't know what i didn't know right mm-hmm. like i thought i knew i thought i had some idea because i've from here and I've done all this work and I got a master's at Wayne State when I was you know 22 years old and all that but it's the fun it's part in it like enjoying the music like I when I first met Piper like she was giving me a rundown of uh she don't remember this of Princess <laughs> Era and like all this like science behind it and all the music why it sounded the same and mm. he like dang I'm like I thought I knew music but that's the fun in it mm-hmm. that when you like attach it's like almost like being like a USB and you attach yourself to someone else's program and then mm-hmm. you like it's the fun mm-hmm. in it so that's mm-hmm. powerful that you see it mm-hmm. so yeah so I spoke about my relationship to hip hop in terms of this project what I've learned about myself is that it's impossible to to when you get really passionate and dedicated to something it's you can't not think about it it's like Every so day. hard to turn it off yeah. and then you your priorities become this isn't just something that I need to do for work. This is something that's going to continue even when the work is done. Mm. So how do you kind of fit it in? It's another part of your life. Mm. It's not just some... We were so excited at Allied Media Conference because oh. I'm like, oh, the people from the um, Piper, you know, you had the woman from the People's Water Board yeah. on here, right? So mm-hmm. even after hearing that, they had a table set up at the AMC this year. And I'm like, come on, let's volunteer, you know? And I'm like, they haven't called me yet. I hope those people call me because, <laughs> you know... Exactly. So, I mean, I wouldn't have known any that she mentioned. I wouldn't have known about the community organizing other than just the neighborhood associations that I knew. Like, my boss is a woman named Shay Hull, who is a huge activist in the city, tied to Grace Lee and Jimmy Boggs, and is very well known. And so through her, I've learned a lot, but I didn't know anything um, in terms of what Piper's doing, what Kari's doing, what all these, I mean, when we've, things have disappeared and reorganized, like Mm. the Urban League has disappeared, but just learning, you know, what D-Town Farms was doing, mm-hmm. what other urban farms are doing, what uh, discussions about gentrification were going on. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a whole movement of black environmental feminists. Mm-hmm. Uh, black environmental, we don't want to be called feminists. You know, mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. Oh my God, like, we have to talk about that. Oh, yes, yes the F word. We got to say oh, the F word. The F word, mm. feminism. <laughs> no, listen, so, um, <laughs> so in our collective, um, we're, we're varied. So yeah. we, we, you know, it's, it's, it's all different forms of women, if you would, mm. um, or people who would identify as women. And so um, I remember like when, when we first started engaging with one another, um, I remember one, one, of the, one of the first questions was something about feminism or <laughs> something. <laughs> and I just remember being like, but I'm not a feminist. And I remember Rebecca's face like twisted up like, oh, no. but you're doing feminist work and I was like like, okay I was like okay whatever you want to call it but I'm not a feminist but um we would we would have we've had so many 
I, I can't even count. Like, so many, like, too many for me to even count, honestly. Conversations around, like, feminism or, like, why, why, why either, like, I personally am not a feminist or why a lot of black women mm-hmm. don't identify as being feminist. Mm-hmm. And just that whole conversation around feminism because a lot of my mm-hmm. friends and my peers, mm-hmm. black women, do identify as feminists. So let's break it down. What is a feminist? I'm going to let the professors tell us. Uh, now, what would Bell Hooks say? <laughs> right, what would Bell Hooks say? Bell that's Hooks a, that's would say great. anyone who was right concerned with and supported a movement to end oppression of any kind, sexism, racism. Right. Feminism. Mm. So what happens with feminism is because it is historically from women about women's interests and rights that didn't exist it gender gets privileged (laughs) Um, and and because the power structure is the way it is it was white women predominantly so it makes sense that if black women were not included in the beginning of the movement um, and that white women that were gender specific weren't race conscious there was going to be a a schism so historically there has been but there's this thing called you know, thinking intersectionally, where you think of your identities as fluid, right? Like, we're all more than the combination of what makes us. Mm. We're more than gender. We're more than race. We're more than our sexuality. And that's the place where the black women that we've come to know insert themselves, is that, I don't have to use that word, but this is how I think. It's and some of them do use. And some right. do, right? And there's black feminism. feminism. Is a thing. There's hip-hop feminism. Right. Yeah, and some of them have come to use it, didn't when we started this project, and right. now they identify. Do. Right. Like Mahogany told um, us, we yeah. always used to, I denied my mm-hmm. gender, I didn't want to think about that, I, and now I can't not identify yeah. with you know, sexism and, and gender oppression and how it's all connected. And Hypersexuality. I will, mm-hmm. uh, you know, objectification. I will identify with it, even mm-hmm. though it's not my primary identity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, and what I've, one thing I want to say, I'm going to shout out Kelly Hay. She was on a panel. So the women's convention, mm-hmm. that women's convention, the one that people said was too white in D.C. in 2017, mm-hmm. was it January? After yeah, was, after the was, Trump election or after the Trump inauguration, right? Um, it was my flipping birthday, January twenty first. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but uh, so happy birthday! Yeah. So you know, but that one came to Detroit in uh, October of twenty seventeen, and um, Kelly Hay was on a panel uh, that was introducing Maxine Waters, mm-hmm. um, and the panel was basically a pretty diverse panel around um I want what what would you call it like inclusion or conversation yeah, there around was inclusion? A, a woman who was a co-organizer who was mm-hmm. Latina there was an elder uh, black woman who was I don't remember her name but it was mama she, Lila Cabell yeah okay. from Rosa Parks okay mm-hmm. and then there was um a activist um a black man from mm-hmm. New York oh yeah I forgot his name I did too, and he was brilliant. He was powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then there was me. So the elder went first, and then the Latino women, and then me, and we <laughs> they made the guy go last. But he was so <laughs> powerful. Yeah, he did a great job. But Kelly on that panel um, is so eloquent. Kelly is so eloquent at taking <laughs> really complex ideas and then making them in plain speech, or like making them so that you can understand them. And um, I appreciate that mm. so much. I feel like Kelly and Rebecca, I feel like we've had so, over the years, we've had so many 
just like conversations after conversations after conversations. But um, in but I just wanted to say like in that, um, Kelly shouted me out from the stage, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh no, so though, I appreciate that, Kelly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that that was so hip hop of you. <laughs> it was like it was like organic, you know. And it was like when you shouted me out, I was like, oh man, because you know, um, this is something we always talk about too as a black woman. Um, many times you feel left out, like you feel left out of the history. You feel left out of, you know, all that. And Kelly on the stage was like, yeah, you know what I learned from Piper Carter? Now imagine we're at the women's convention. This is the, the, um, the plenary or the opening for the plenary, right? Or it mm-hmm. is the plenary. It is the plenary before Maxine It's the plenary Waters. before okay. Maxine Waters. And, um, so what are there? There's got, is there like 3,000 people? How many? 4,000. Like 4,000 people. Mm-hmm. Where was this at? Just give me more. Cobo, Cobo. Cobo. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, our, so in Detroit, if you're not in Detroit, it's like our major hall that holds convention. like. Convention. Yeah. The auto Tens of people. Yes. Yeah. Auto convention. Right. So, um, there's like 4,000 people in this ballroom on this big stage. Um, and like all the women from the, you know, the women's convention are there. You got uh, Tamika Mallory, Linda Sarsour, Carmen Perez, if you know them from Women's March. Um, I think Maxine Waters was even, Maxine Waters was there. She and wasn't Brenda on the Lo- stage. She was on the stage, but she and mm-hmm. Brenda Lawrence. Very and, nice. Um, so there was a fair, I was. Debbie Dingle. Yeah, Debbie Dingle was there. Yeah, I mean, and all these different women that are, you know, from across the country that are uh, running for office, you know, and things like that. But anyway, and Kelly goes, yeah, and what I learned from Piper was that you need to listen to white women need to listen to black women. I was like, yeah, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It we, we, yeah. And vice versa, to be honest, vice versa. But it has to happen in a community. It's not like you read it in a book and you go, oh, okay. It, it has mm. to happen organically. And if you don't engage with black communities, you would think, oh, well, black women are spoken for. What do you mean? I mean, they have a voice. What do you mean they don't? No, not historically. It is deep. Yes. So, the, I mean, and, and I appreciate that. Um, yeah, and you gave me that big shout out, and everyone was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody's like, in fact, the host was like, I know that, Piper, that's my girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was Michaela, yeah, Michaela Angela Davis. Yeah. Actually, she that's used right. to be the um, editor-in-chief of Essence magazine. Um, she used to be um, editor-in-chief of Honey magazine. She's a, a fashion stylist. She's um, a, a, a badass woman. She's one of the creators of um, Black Girls Rock. Oh. The Black Girls Rock that you see on BET. She's my homegirl. Very cool. Yeah, actually, when her and Beverly Bond started um, Black Girls Rock, it was in Michaela's living room to create a solution because her daughter was in high school and she didn't like the way that hip hop was turning into this capitalist, misogynist mm-hmm. thing. And I remember it was like five of us, it was like four or five of us in her living room when she started. So I was one of the people there like supporting like incubating black girls rock so shouts out to Michaela Angela Davis and also Beverly Bond you know which is which is part of the inspiration for um for the work that I do right like the foundation women in hip-hop yeah I mean Kelly's talking about black women not having a voice I mean they don't even have a voice in hip-hop right which is supposed to be you know it's like super black but things are changing oh yeah (laughs) but I think what's interesting too like when you guys came um and so, you know what's interesting? I mean, I just want to throw this on the table. So, when you guys came, I remember getting so excited. I'm not going to name names, 
just mm-hmm. to keep it, you know, we'll just name actions. <laughs> but a certain person, a certain human being, when I went to them, was like, hey, there's these two awesome professors. I think they're really dope. They, you know, I spoke to them. We had a great conversation mm-hmm. about um, the work that we're doing, you know, the open mic. And, you know, they're really interested. They, they want to write um, an article about us and our work. And this person was like, oh, I guess for the most part, the person was like, yeah, the, the two white ladies, are they white? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they are white. <sighs> and um, I mean, and rightly so, you know, being skeptical, mm-hmm. the person was like, oh, you know, they're going to use you. Like, be careful that what you tell them, I wouldn't talk to them. You know, they're going to they're going to just take your stuff. They're going to use you and um, they're going to spit you out. And I and I remember I came back. I told you guys about that. Like, what do you guys think about that? Is that what you're going to (laughs) do? And you guys are like, no, like, we don't want to do that. First of all, I don't know what it means to spit you out. Um, Mm. Like, who could spit a piper? (laughs) Um, I mean, (laughs) no. (laughs) The other kind of misconception is, you know, when you say you're going to write a book, is academics don't get rich off the books they write because, sadly, Academics read academics, and the rest of the world tends not to. We're mm-hmm. hoping to write a more accessible book, but still, mm-hmm. the way royalties work for a particular university press, they give you almost nothing. They get yeah. all the profit. Just um, to make and it And when happen. people, the only way it gets used is if classrooms start using them. And well, which are, is powerful. It well, is very powerful. Classrooms mm-hmm. and also other scholars. Other scholars cited and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So it does get out, mm-hmm. but not at the, the scale and scope that like an Oprah book tour book or a popular book, you know. So the idea, the only way that money could possibly happen other than minute royalties would be if you go on like tours to universities and someone invites you to come talk and they pay you but even then shouts out that's what we're looking for Ooh. there we go we'll, we'll try for that <laughs> if you're but, like this is fascinating i need yeah, to right. bring these ladies to my university right yeah, so yeah. you know that we have to reach for that they're not going to come to us mm. but, but also too we have open conversations about this so right. and i also well, th- appreciate, appreciate that. that that point right yeah. like that people are skeptical and whatever and you know it's but that's it's the, good but we've got we've had to sort of check ourselves too and think about okay like mm. how are we giving back and mm-hmm. what are we doing and right. being really conscious there, there's right. a huge there's a huge accountability metric in the black community mm-hmm. that i think sometimes we don't even uh we don't even give ourselves credit for we we talk about oh we let people come in and, and misrepresent and misrepresent the culture mm-hmm. and there's a story to be told about the accountability that we give to all cultures even ourselves when we go Mm. generationally and say Mm -hmm. who do you think you are to come and try to come in the game but that goes back to what i'm saying to you vice versa because there are genuine people who want to give to the culture or at least put a picture on the wall about it that that black accountability division needs to understand is okay so you are helping the culture as well. Uh, well, we have to be accountable. And, and so there's mm-hmm. there's things that we can do and things that we can. And what we can do is ask everybody we write about, please read this mm-hmm. and see if you think it's a fair um, description, representation. Does it suit? Does it match up with Piper, your worldview? You, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. But do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, and also, too, I feel like our just speaking about our personal relationship, meaning the relationship that I have with Kelly and Rebecca. I mean, we're very candid. I mean, we, so Kelly and Rebecca actually came, like you guys actually came and are, have been a part of the actual collective. And so that, that was a difference too. That's something I wanted to 
we talk about. We were so excited. You guys weren't that. just it like was like writing a year before you invited us in the day that you invited us. Oh yeah, us. we oh had my to God. put we're you like, on like. <gasps> she let us come. <laughs> she got us to come in. We were like, oh my God, little kids in the candy store. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, you know, cool. but see, that's something that couldn't happen with my previous project, for instance, because I literally went to a place and was there for such a short time and then left. You know, so I really wanted to make a conscious effort to do something that had more depth but you guys also you know contributed in in ways that helped us grow right mm-hmm. because we would have great conversations um and yeah, because read, you guys Ruth were nicole so Brown's passionate work right yeah Her ruth nicole brown like she she girlhood was studies right? and aisha and durham remember and they came to the amc actually i it. learned about ruth nicole brown and aisha durham from you guys in 2012 yeah, awesome. because you guys were like oh you got to read this, mm-hmm. right? And so because you're professors and you're so bent on people reading, when you guys first joined, I mean, because like, before we had had conversations like, oh, let's um, have a, what's that clicking noise? Is that a headphone or something? I don't know. But anyway, we were like, yeah, let's have a, uh, what is that? I'm trying to have people not be annoyed by the click. Okay, there we go. Okay, so yeah, I was like, yeah, so um, let's have a, a reading group. Mm-hmm. And we're and, like, yes, uh, man. But, we're but nobody did it. Like no one would do it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until you guys came, and then I was like, do you guys think you could help us like get this <laughs> little reading group going? And you were like, oh my god, I'm so passionate about that. <laughs> and you and you were like, can, <laughs> we, we, could like, can we read this book and that book? And we you gave us like a list. It. Wasn't there like 50 oh, books on that there list? There was like five or seven. I don't think we did. <laughs> yeah, I know. I but, love but to we, But at this point, we've read about 50 you might be interested in. So if you want yeah. any recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. We need to get that reading group back going. But you guys brought the books. And you know what was crazy? Mm-hmm. Like you brought the books and like we were the only three reading the books. Mm-hmm. And like we'd come back and then we'd be like, what's up, guys? And people would be like, I didn't have time to read that shit. And we'd be like, oh, man. Uh. It's so good, though. But... I, so but good. I appreciate it, you know, the reading, the materials that you guys would bring, the people that you guys would bring to talk about, you know, um, and because you're scholars and you're studying this stuff and you're, you know, studying hip hop, you know, you guys are, uh, were more in the loop, I would say, of like, you know, who was writing a new book or who was going to come out with a new book. So you guys would be like, are you excited about this one or that one? And I would be like, oh my God, let me go, let me go like, look and see what she's talking about. <laughs> I just read something today that I was going to send you. I'm trying to, or yesterday, I'm trying to remember what it was. Well, yeah, but I feel like you guys, um, you guys played like the professor role. Like, I appreciate that. Well, thanks. And we had some catching up to do, right? Because then we started learning and what was going on here. And we're like, whoa, this is such a, at first, we were like, oh, we'll just write an article about, you know, hip hop performance and women. And it took a few years before Kelly was like, no, man, this is like a movement study. Some mm. were like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. so we've had to do extensive reading while we were, like, in the field doing our work. Right. So, so about gentrification and so emergency management. I'm not trying water. to jump, but what is gentrification in your eyes, through your studies, or just the word? To, to be honest, or what you've seen, what you've seen us go through. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to sound bad, but it's a kind of genocide in my world. Yeah, <laughs> it kills people. Not kinda. And I don't mean like the way that you just right. blow somebody away and the ethnic cleansing. This is like a systematic economic strategy to get certain populations out. out 
and desirable desirables that spend money and, and are professionals or whatever you want to say that can bolster the economy. So people with meager or poor backgrounds get pushed further and further and further away from the resources and then people with the resources come back into those cool spaces where the music theaters are and the restaurants <laughs> and, the, and the swanky cocktail places Remember that and billboard bars last year? Which mm-hmm. one? Remember? Uh, billboard. This mm-hmm. is this is what our Detroit looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was all yeah. white people mm-hmm. on the yeah, billboard was, in the city that's eighty three percent black. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So and and you guys watched it. us go through gentrification. Oh yeah, through with both our building. The, yeah, two buildings. Yeah, two yes. buildings. Yeah, yeah. five E buildings. Yeah, the two five E buildings. But we right. had actually three, so there was right. one so before you guys came. Land mm-hmm. grant kinds of deals where people can screw you out of the contract any time for a bigger sale. So my question is, sorry, did I cut you off? No, no. Um, did you see it before getting hearing that word? I knew what it was in globally, and I knew the idea. Mm. I didn't know how it worked in Detroit. I didn't know well, yeah, all of it. And, I mean, I think it's at a whole other level now than it was then. But one thing I really appreciate, um, think about, like, Invincible Ill Weaver and I was like, oh, man, her track, Locust, which we there, write about. There, there. Um, we got to say they. Their track, Locust, I knew that, um, which we write about uh, in our book and have published an article, an article's coming out that includes it, was so prophetic to this, right? They were speaking about this, and I mean, that track and album came out, I think, in 2008. Yeah. And so. Um, it might not be... Um, inappropriate to mention. I mean, we talk about member checks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we wrote extensively about that piece, Locus, including a lot of mm-hmm. the, the lyrics. And so we gave it to Ill and said, could you read this and mm-hmm. give us some uh, feedback? And they said, yes, I have edits, uh, but never got back to us. So we had to cut out the lyrics and only use what's legal because we didn't get the feedback okay. before our deadline was. So it's like uh, prophetic but not necessarily interested in advancing what we have to say about their work. Mm. And, 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 and Ill was one of the uh, co-founders of the foundation, mm-hmm. too, um, when, they ident- when they were identifying as, as women. And um, I think uh, something that's interesting is we had many, 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 uh, you know, uh, what it went, you know, just speaking back to the gentrification, many, many hardships in trying to keep our space and, um, you know, all, all of that, that went with that. And it was really instrumental mm-hmm. in um, supporting all the efforts for us to raise funds to, mm-hmm. you know, to keep our space. Um, unfortunately, gentrification won, uh, as well as some other things right. <laughs> but um yeah so we 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 did not keep our space uh even though we fought and fought and fought and fought and fought and i would say kelly and rebecca you guys helped us tremendously as well in working to help us keep our space and so um i think that that to me goes beyond two white women trying to write about um you know this thing that you're interested in like you actually became a part of the community and you know actually became a part of our family and even now you know are completely nine million percent still a part of uh the organization what we do and um making sure that we are you know sustainable and um i feel like this this book project that you guys are um working on and the the articles that you guys have been writing 
Um, I feel good about them because I've read them, number one. <laughs> but um, but I but but in knowing you and having a relationship with you and watching you um, do this work, study, um, be be self reflective, because that is um, a part of uh, what makes the work really powerful and authentic. Is that is very self reflective. Well, and we're trying to be as honest as possible, and we make mistakes, and you mm-hmm. have to own it and then move on. Um, and uh, I don't know what some big ones are right now, but <laughs> you know, we we just like thought we knew things that we didn't. We mm. assumed things that we, you know, when we'd hear people's stories, they'd be like, "Wow, who knew?" And that sense, we're happy that it's taken this long exactly. to do the work. If right? we wrote this in a year, totally different, it, it would have been so superficial. Yeah. and it's and it's a, it's transformed because like when when we first encountered each each other, one another, it was in it was an open mic, mm-hmm. and it was every week, and you know uh, it was exciting because we would have this open mic that all these dudes attended, that was uh, dedicated to women in hip hop, <laughs> um, where we would like cut dudes off the mic from calling women bitches or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was kind of fascinated by that. Uh, and it was crazy because every time the dudes would come, they'd be like, we'd be like, oh, you can't say this, can't say that. And they'd be like, but wait a minute. I can't call women bitches. What am I going to rap about? Yeah. <laughs> Go home and think about that one. Exactly. Yeah. It's like any but other day of the week, you can do whatever. Just one night. Just one night. Mm-hmm. And you like come you up with something else. Something else. And, and it was funny. Eventually they did. Right. Right? Eventually they did. Yep. And, and it transformed mm-hmm. culture. Like a lot of the young people... Um, that grew up kind of coming to the open mic. They, a lot of them are adults now, young adults, mm-hmm. and they do their own events and their own open mic, and they have those rules That's in great. their open mic. So That's when right. we that go to a lot cool. of their stuff, yeah, it's like, oh, we don't do misogyny here. We don't, and they keep a, a lot of those rules that we set. So like that's really cool. Um, and then I wanted to talk some more about oh, you did before this we project. Move on, oh I yeah, can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. Getting back to what you're saying about like the the space and seeing all this happen and why we were so passionate about like wanting to keep you know five E and the foundation alive. Kelly and I often lament the fact that there is no central space like that right now mm-hmm. because we saw how transformative it was for everyone, right? For oh, the yeah. youth especially, mm-hmm. but also a space for us to come into. And either meet as the foundation and talk about whatever feminism books, you know, and even just for us to observe what was going on with youth and what other people in the community were trying to And to just enjoy the music and the fun of it. I mean, some of the most brilliant poetry I've ever seen happened at the foundation. Some of the most spontaneous you know, totally hip hop, imp- improvised kind mm. of stuff but it, happened there. even just the five years of gathering space, we right. talk yeah. about mm. quite a lot. I miss too, it. Right? We don't like, see everybody together anymore. Mm. We we have nowhere which, where we can just drop in on a Sunday afternoon, and there's going to be someone you know who wants to talk about something, <laughs> right? Like the yeah. knowledge element yeah. of it. Yeah, I guess. and and well, yeah, and I miss the space too. You know, it's a great. I mean, but the podcast studio is becoming that. This yeah. one here, Detroit is different. It's becoming that it's a it's a great community space. Um, you know, mm-hmm. people are starting to gather here and um, and great. have those same types of conversations, and it's used as a gathering space. Um, it's a little different. We don't have enough space here for an open mic, but we have lots of microphones <laughs> uh, <laughs> true, to have true. conversation uh, about things. So this this space is you know fast uh, becoming something like that. At least for me and some of uh, the people that I've been been meeting here so you you guys were always welcome to come here and chat it up with me 
um, anytime, uh, especially about hip hop. Well, and, I think yeah. too, we saw, I think now we've come to this sort of realization that, oh, the book isn't really the end. It's <laughs> kind of like the end of one chapter, but now we're like, man, we got to talk more to Will C and Bryce Detroit and their new projects and what they're doing because it's all, you know, connected and part of this movement building. Definitely. Yeah, and I want to talk about, like, your writing and stuff, too, because you guys um, have done this in stages. Like, I've seen you go through maybe five stages of this or something like that, where initially it was uh, a single article mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. it like expanded um and then uh i think it became like two or three articles and then so now it's expanded into multiple articles the process was always me talking becca into the book <laughs> right. she was the most resistant she would not submit to the book mm. so we had to do Thanks, article Kelly. after no i'm playing no, i don't mean that as a criticism no but it was like a book is a big thing a book is a long time mm. let's do some articles and i was mm. i wanted that too but it was important for us to do that. Yeah, I mean, just we for had the to do bureaucracy it. of the academy. Oh, definitely. Right? I'm not just. It was very progress. necessary, but it wasn't two and a half years in before. I think we both sure. knew it was going to be a book. Mm. Uh, at first, it was like, oh, it could be articles. It could be this. We well, could, you know, it could be a lot of things. Right. I didn't think we should commit to it till we were had a good idea of what it was going to look like and what it was going to accomplish. And right. So far, I think we're on track for it meeting some of those goals you know it's very interdisciplinary i think it's got a lot of depth hopefully it'll appeal to scholars non-scholars people in different fields of study P maybe just people interested in what women are doing in music or exactly. hip-hop in general or detroit yeah right you just want it sort of i don't know get another sense of what's going on here in a community that doesn't get any commercial media right. attention yeah, and, and also you know it went from idea to conference paper, mm -hmm. yeah, to article. Some of which people from the foundation came along with us for the ride and right. were involved in making oh, yeah. videos. Like the whole paper that we did at the, um, the we went to a music conference in Pittsburgh, okay. and Mahogany and Neek and Piper came with us. Um, that was my first time learning about ethnomusicology. Us too. Yeah. I was like, we, what the hell is wait, that? Wait, break no, that down. Eco, eco musicology. Eco musicology. Yeah. Eco musicology yeah. so yeah. is a new like subfield within musicology, um, and there it's fascinating. It's very new, but they're interested in just really looking at the relationship between the environment and music. Mm. So sometimes it's let's look at the. Um, the waste that like a U tour, international tour, a Beyonce tour mm -hmm. creates, right? It's like mm. what? Who thinks about that? And then, and then another side of it <laughs> is, uh, is, I'm laughing because when we went to that conference in Pittsburgh, um, you know, we were sort of given this sort of directive of create a video that considers the relationship between music, space, and place. So we made a hip hop video, and then we get there. And everyone else is um, gone golden just, pond kind of stuff. Yeah, like it was just uh, more about <laughs> I golden guess, pond. nature. <laughs> really, know, it was nature like nature sounds and, and videos of you know impressionistic. Very interesting, but I was like, whoa, we interpreted this totally differently. So we kind of stood out at the conference as the only people doing hip hop there. Um, and it was, it was really cool. cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. like Neek and um, and and, uh, and Mahogany wrote yeah. uh, wrote for it. And then we yeah. shot around a community garden. We shot. So there was um, this. Barrels. What was it? It was a school. 
that had a pool. No, it was it was a pool. It was a community center. Yeah, it was a community center that had a pool, and the pool Midtown. was shut down in right. Midtown. It was yeah. shut down. It's now like some energy center, mm, right. but it was dilapidated oh, wow. and green and pussy looking. It, it was gross. gross. And the and the and the pool was all like graffiti and everything. And the juxtaposition of that with those murals, right? Yeah. Like so, on, but on the process MLK? was fascinating because all we did was tell Neek and Mahogany the call is you know to make uh, a music video that that a song, that, uh, yeah. dr- and with a song okay. you know uh that uh reflects these issues you know space place environment you know and so they came up with these two verses yeah it was a hot beat yeah, too. mahogany's producer ironically made a beat they both chose it independent of one each other and they mm. wrote their verses after separate. they heard the beat yeah. separate from each mm. other then we put it together with the hook really and cool. it was awesome yeah. i love it. it's called well, legendary and then it's, i shot the music video you shot the music video and awesome we video what's the, it, what's the name of, give the names for the viewers for for who the 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 artists yes so you got mahogany jones mm-hmm. you got uh neek love Rhodes. okay and what were the name of the project specifically oh and it's produced by ironically ironically the, the track's called the legendary legendary okay. and then we wrote a paper about it called the politics in place of a legendary, legendary hip-hop, hip-hop track um, and, and then we shot it like around where the gallery was because we were talking about yeah. like you know our environment so we shot all the neighborhood of, of where the gallery existed and, and then we found these running around the, it, it's this one spot right and is that second avenue yes and that's off at Martin Luther King yep. I'm okay. and um, there's right a, there. a, a a beautiful mural mm-hmm. of this young black girl I think does she have like braids or a ponytail or a bun yeah. or something and it's something super like huge that. and this guy has like nine million chickens <laughs> and yeah. so we were like hey can we like film inside of here this mural here's like cool and it was chickens going like everywhere <laughs> so I feel like there might be a couple of chickens in our music oh I think video so. that we yeah. owe royalties oh, yeah. to but it's part of like you're saying right it's part of I mean, City, but that's our environment. Detroit. And, and some, one thing, there are some chickens on Second well, Avenue. What happens when you have King. food deserts? People yeah. raise their own yeah, chickens. They, own. they bring yeah. goats into their backyards. Right, they the live city. off what they can. And but one we thing went I to the farm, there. too. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, Spirit the, Farm. The Spirit Farm. And that's on um, Trumbull. Well, that's that intersection. It's like Trumbull and um, what, are the sh- what are those the other cross streets? I don't know. Oh, my God. It's like right there in the corner. Yeah. It's just west of the gallery, yeah. But we did the hip hop literacies conference too. Yeah, we went. Yeah, we went to Ohio State. Shouts out to Dr. E. Dr. Elaine Richardson. You guys got it in. Yeah, we did. We went all of us the same people. They took us on tour. (laughs) Kelly and Rebecca (laughs) took us on. Very dope. They made like a little tour for us. Oh man, it was a blast. Yeah, you know. But even in that environment, like it was interesting for us because that's what I mean. Sometimes you come into things thinking you know, and you know, you're like, what, and like. I don't know. I'm always surprised still, like from the first time I went to the old Miami for the foundation night to going to hip hop literacies conference that there aren't more white people there. I was just going to say fans or as researchers, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm always like, what? I didn't expect it. You know, I kind of expect it now, I guess. But for a while, that really threw me off. I was going to ask. So do you guys have like groups of friends that you've kind of like introduced to the culture that like would have never. And they're like, oh, my God. Tell her about your friend that her husband freaked out that if she'd known she was there. Oh, well, she's really open-minded. But I have this friend who, um, yeah, right? I mean, basically lots of people stay north of 8 Mile. And <laughs> in, inside the riot had her girl meets beat, beat um, EP release party. 
uh, and it was more than just EP release party, right? It was at, I was writing about this today, so let me try to remember, the Contemporary Gallery. The MoCAD? Uh, no, 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 not Museum of Contemporary Art, but Contemporary Gallery, some kind. I'm trying to remember where it was. Um, it was close to Corktown, and uh, and uh, Kelly was busy that night, and she was like, yeah, I'll come. She, she even came to the five-year anniversary and loves Mama Soul now and Rhapsody and all this. So she came with me to that, and she's like, oh, this is where the Boy Scouts uh, Center <laughs> is. And I'm like, what? Like, how do you know that? And she was like, oh, my husband used to work for the Boy Scouts. And he was like, never go to that neighborhood. What? <laughs> 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 this is where all the, you know, I'm like, this is hip-hop. Let's go. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I took her to that event, and then and it, the, it, was, it was such a cool thing. Like, Insight had teamed up with Rhiannon forget the rest of her name and an oh art for their exhibition the photography yeah. yeah so it was like photography and music and then there were performances at the end and yeah after that she came with me to the she joined us for the the five did she go to the tangent gallery anniversary oh wait no she came for the rhapsody show. oh for the that conference yeah, we we actually um yeah. we won a knight foundation award uh a few times but we we uh we, we we did Detroit's first women in hip hop conference and concert, but actually we did a, like a mini conference the year before. Right, that's right. Inside the yeah. Allied Media Conference, and yeah. then the next year we did more like a fuller conference. Right. We like our goal is to do this conference again. We we we've got to find the money. Right, we've it's got to find the so money to do this conference. So many resources to do that kind of conference. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that conference cost us a hundred k. Wow. So, um, and that's cheap. Like mm-hmm. that's 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 no money. Um, I always tell this story about. Um, I'm gonna just tell the Rhapsody story real quick. Uh, it's funny because like that. So that was 2015 mm-hmm. when we won, and mm-hmm. then I remember I brought it to the collective. Like, hey, we got this. We've 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 got this 50k that we need to match with this other 50k, and um, you know, so we want to do it big. We want to do this. We want to do that, and. Um, and the thing was with the with the Knight Foundation Award, the uh, the Knights Arts Challenge, um, they tell you like don't try to save money. Like we need you to spend like all this money. Mm-hmm. So I remember just coming to the group like, oh my god, I'm so happy. We have some money. We can like pay people their actual rate. Like we can pay people what they should be paid. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we wanted to have Rhapsody, or I wanted to have Rhapsody, mm-hmm. and I brought it to the group not you guys, but I brought it to the group like, oh, I want to have Rhapsody, and people were like, what the hell. <laughs> Nobody knows who she is. Right, this is before she uh, won the Grammy. This is before, right? What? And it was like it was, and people were like, "Why would you bring her? No one knows." And I just remember thinking, like, oh "But that's God. what I want to do. I want us to kind of bring people to people. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I want people to find out about people because of us. Right. Like, I want us to be that." Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember people just being like, "Why don't you do this or that?" And I remember being like, "I want our artists. I, I you know I want a national act." And I want our artists to open for the national act so they can put our artists on this national platform. Mm-hmm. And I remember mm. um, everyone naming all these different artists, like, why don't you have this one or that one or that one? And I just remember being like, they don't represent our brand, but Rhapsody represents our brand. Mm-hmm. And people were like, yeah, but she's not like commercially, you know, viable. Mm-hmm. She's not going to bring a crowd, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, with, with help of you guys and, and, and other people, it was like, you know, you you guys just like believed in it. And, and I have you were to like, say, I think Layla's it. wisdom is 
super dope album. Super dope, She's right? Doing really good stuff. I mean, and and it was crazy because like we, I mean, you know, until until uh, she went. So that was 2015, right? So we won in like October. So f- fast forward to like February. No, it was like January or something like that. And that's when Dr. Dre, and uh, no, it was the reverse. She won the Grammy right. in February, mm-hmm. and, and she won the Grammy for Dre. Complexion mm-hmm. with um, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Right. Yep. And I remember I sent that to everybody, and, and you guys were like, holy crap, um, <laughs> did you lock her down? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I sent her a contract and a deposit. Like, that is so good. dope. And that was, like, that was like months before. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, uh, so like sometime after that, that's when Dr. Dre and um and DJ, uh, Premier. DJ Premier they made a they made a she was in a, it was like a video saying that she was like the best woman MC blah 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 and then I remember I sent that to you guys and you're like holy crap <laughs> this is gonna be amazing that's a really cool uh story and experience but I mean yeah. and it was cool because like we like uh I mean we had to push like I can't front uh I was nervous like because people didn't know who she was mm-hmm. and we were literally like pushing 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 like we were pushing this thing and i just remember going to people and then being like why don't you have this one or that one because more people know about this one or that one and me being like no no you're gonna know about this one you're gonna know Mm -hmm. and we you know and then even that day right like fast forward all the way like on paper because i remember rebecca hit me up piper what do the ticket sales look like Mm. and uh it's like a thousand seat venue right and I was like, oh, we sold like 300 tickets. She's like, okay, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> and and so that's me. She was like, Everything okay. makes me nervous. Uh, okay. And, uh, you know, we, we stress out a lot. It was literally like almost 700 people walk up. I was going to say, there was what? a big line. Oh, it was down huge. The, it was like all the way around. Wrapped down, down the way around there. the block, down yeah. the block. And people were hitting me up like, Pipe, is your event? At the Garden Theater tonight? I was like, yeah. Is that all those people I see wrapped around there like Madison Square Garden? What? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but talk about trusting your process. I mean, just don't have to, you know, actually talk I mean, about trusting your But you know what I mean? But I, I was nervous. Like, like I, I, I was calling Kelly and Rebecca and everybody from the collective like every day. I know they were probably like. That's click and ignore. No, after but that service. was also the year that was like inside the Allied Media, so we had yeah. all those things. We're going. So we had all we were busy that whole weekend. Oh, yeah, we were hosting Ruth Nicole Brown and Aisha Durham, mm-hmm. and Ruth brought her all her kids, and, and they, they yeah. came to the events. Oh yeah, they came to all of it. They but came to all it, and then her kids went on the stage, and um, she great. wrote us a letter. Ruth Nicole Brown wrote us a letter, mm. um, saying how her daughters, how she appreciated that we created such a safe space for a hip hop concert that her daughters attended with her mm-hmm. and were able to enjoy the whole concert with her the whole night. And it never got awkward. No, mm-hmm. no. I mean, we had B-girls, we had mm-hmm. MGTs, <laughs> uh, we had, uh, you know, uh, Mama Soul, Lots of Maho- Mahogany. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had um, the leaders um, of Black Lives Matter Detroit chapter, uh, Black Youth oh. Project, um, uh, BYP 100 chapter. Um, we we did a Lifetime Achievement Award thanks to Khalid and Hip Hop Mobile yep, Museum. Uh, we gave it to Ms. Corona. We gave to Ms. Corona, um, mm-hmm. who was, a, like, like I said, a co-founder. Uh, Jessica Caremore hosted. 
I mean, it was super incredible. And, you know, thanks to Allied Media for, uh, you know, giving us, you know, that that other portion to help us, you know, get it done. Uh, it was at Wayne State University. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and we had all the, and then Stacy Hotwax, right? DJ Stacy yeah. Hotwax she taught was always involved. the whole weekend, yeah. right? She's like great. she taught. She's been a um, staple for thirty years. Yeah, for like thirty got years. All the credit she deserves. Right. We had DJ opinion. Riri Garcia, you know, right. uh, open open for us. Uh, what else? I mean, and you know, we had like a hands-on beat making um, technology. You know, like for what th- four di- like four days. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe take off the headphones. Yeah, oh, okay. All right. So if if we pitched it to potential donors as this event that offers all these incredible um, features for multiple audiences, then who knows? Maybe we could get more money if it was targeted toward a particular thing. Right, right, right. And I just think it's just incredible how like the extent to which and again I shouldn't be that surprised because this has been the case historically for Detroit but the intimate relationships between music and music making and music innovation and community building here um, we just feel so fortunate to to be working on this project and hopefully finishing up this year right that it's just uh sort of one example of a moment in time of where all these elements are coming together that's part of this larger history of these relationships in this city. Definitely. Yeah. So with that, um, this project you guys have been working on, uh, so people can find the articles how? How can people find these articles? The ones that, that are already published and already kind of well, out Well, the there. first one that's published is in an open source journal called Music and Politics. And if you just Google music and politics, it'll come up under, and it's published by University of Michigan. And you want to go to the summer of volume eight in 2013, uh, 14, 2014, and you can click on it. It has our names in it. And it also, because it's open source um, and it's online, it has the video that we made within it. And it has all the pictures that Breck and I shot of Detroit that depict the different neighborhoods and the different scenes like we did in our video, right? Like um, ruined porn to a very, very minimal. Yeah, from um, there all the way to gentrification right. and the, the Whole Foods. and Urban farming <laughs> and, you know, the design intensive downtown yeah. and then what's on the outside of that. So there's imagery, there's the video itself, and then there's the, the text that locates that that um, video in a larger literature about music and space and music and like we just talked about eco music college and, and that's a problem right with some academic work is that some of it is behind a firewall so unless you have access to university how do you you know get this work out there so right. something i think we'll try to right. work on some more so some of it is behind those firewalls but you can always contact us we're happy to send anyone our work and if you google faruja and hey hip-hop it'll all come up uh, if it doesn't come up in a typical Google search, you can do Google Scholar search. And and another piece we have, um, so in a different open source journal called Arts that just came out a few months ago. And that piece uh, we did with uh, Deidre Diessen Smith, and it was about uh, black girl magic and her piece on my Detroit everything and the I guess, movement she tried to build around that. Right, and in it we talk a lot about 
the alternative kinds of ways that women do political work, and by alternative means not the traditional, right? So community work is political work. Community organizing is political work. Collective economics, And strategies. all that sort of thing. And so it's webbed in around her very now well-known on my Detroit everything kind of um, anthem piece. So we located in there. So you just Google it, it'll come up. And the hopefully other, in 2019. Yeah, the Oxford Handbook for Hip Hop Studies. We have oh. an article in there and it's coming what? out. Um, I was thinking about the book. We, oh, well, yeah, the book 2019. too. 2019, the Oxford piece coming out in 2018. 2018. That's epic. Um, and we, what's the other piece? We have a piece in a oh. methodology journal called Departures. It could be Googled, but the book hopefully will be 2019, and we're not saying the press until we know for sure, but it's a good one. All right. Yeah, and I mean, I think also, too, something that's important to um, to kind of just note is uh, because, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that the research that you've done is um, research that we have, um, what do I want to say? that I want to say we have we that we've had power over so it's not like um you know a lot of times when you see uh people get offended you know if you see like a National Geographic or a lot of these um sure. you know institutions that come in to do research on authentic communities um where the fear is or where the pushback is is because it's uh completely from this person's perspective just coming in looking at this community and then just telling mm -hmm. the story but i think what's important is that we the, the 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 people that have been a part of the research and the ones that are being observed have had power over the story and power over the narrative um and have been just as invested and involved in uh what the work is you know how the work represents uh the community and 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 what the the true authentic voices and you know what I mean? So I think like that's really important too. Um, as you're moving around, I know people ask you questions all the time, like, well, you know, uh, are you just looking at these communities and like just giving your opinion? But it's very much not that. Like we've gone back and forth around different concepts. Um, but it's inevitable. You know? Our opinions are there, but they're not mm -hmm. standalone. They're mm. in engagement with um, and we've, you know, been checked because we've, you know, the sharing, mm -hmm. I'm most grateful for the sharing that has come relationally because artists have texted us their whole lyrics if they're not easily, yeah. you know, written down anywhere or if there's so, one artist doesn't write anything down. So she sat with Becca for the two essence. hours and to try, just transcribed a has whole long memory. poem, right? People have put us in touch the with their producers. They've, they've talked to it. us about what it means to them and what led them to write it. So we have their interpretive process. Ours is always there. But and sometimes we make mistakes, so and we yeah, we're like so grateful to people are, wanting to read it and be like, no, 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 like change this and we didn't say that word, like, we said oh. this word, you know, it's like oh, you know, so, so it's mm -hmm. a collective effort. It is love that, mm -hmm. and and just uh, maybe two more things. Um, I feel like the well, I'm just for sure when this book comes out, like we're going on tour. <laughs> just Probably know that, so we're we're we're, we're going on some the kind Piper of tour. Carter tour. Hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, but Never we gotta go on tour. We have to talk about this work. This is really important uh, to get to get this out there. I mean, and there's and and just just uh, there's a lot of other women who are doing really important work. Um, you know, MC Light with her hip hop sisters. Mm -hmm. um, that's a that's a part of the inspiration. Um, hopefully, we'll get a chance to collaborate with her. And, there's just and not what she's enough doing. of the perspective of women in hip hop. I mean, Queen Latifah like, is, is out here, you know, 
working to give women a voice like in in film now Mm -hmm. um and then you know a lot of i mean there was uh bless roxwell uh she's so fresh Mm -hmm. in uh, new york city i mean um also to um rachel or martha diaz Mm -hmm. you know um shouts out to martha diaz um with hip-hop education center um one of the first hip-hop scholars one of the first people to get hip-hop into university uh and have it be taken seriously as a study Mm -hmm. and have people uh be able to earn degrees and uh you know we wouldn't have swiss beats at harvard if Mm -hmm. you know or we wouldn't have uh ninth wonder at harvard or that whole program if it wasn't for her whole nas fellowship you know she produced the whole nas documentary and all of the all of her efforts to uplift women's voices she's actually writing a book as well Mm -hmm. um I'm not really sure when the date is. Like, I would love for her to come to Detroit and talk to me on this podcast. No, That's a dream of mine. But mm-hmm. um, but she's very supportive of us and our work. She's included us in her book, this global book she's doing about women in hip hop that has um, Roxanne Chante and all the all the greats she's in there. She's been good to us too. We met That's her at Hip Hop Literacies, and she's just been, you know, I've had conversations with her. I've seen her in New York for um, some of the. She has a collective as well. Right. So she has she's her own just, collective. And when she came here for the um, Time is Illmatic. So bold, so fresh, so deaf is yeah. her collective. Exactly. She actually brought me there. I spoke at the Schomburg, which is like super huge. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. me I at the Schomburg? That. Yeah. <laughs> incredible. Um, and I feel like, you know, um, it's just important to know who else, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the women in hip hop conferences that happen across um, across the world, you know, are really important. Um, the Ladies Hip Hop Festival. A lot of the women in hip hop stuff, though, is dedicated to the B girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, shouts out to the B girl, um, B girl element. And you know, in Toronto, you know, um, also in Philly, you know, just wanted to shout out all the different um, women who hold down. Like I said, Rachel Ramis's was one of the first ones was doing B Girl B uh, conference yeah, it's a in lot the Midwest. Of work. Takes a lot of dedication. Takes a and lot hustle. of work and dedication, hustle, and a lot of money, mm-hmm. um, and and just a lot of passion and a lot of organizing. Um, so we're you know just wanted to you know put that out there. There were you know we're not. It's not like uh, what we're doing. It's we're not trying to say that we're like the only ones, mm-hmm. um, but we're we're doing it in Detroit. You know, so this is what we're doing in Detroit. And then there's lots of other women in Detroit, right? Um, Mama Soul has been here doing doing it for, like, a long time. You know, Ms. Mm-hmm. Corona has been doing a long time. And even um, before um, I mean, part Invincible of what drives was us doing is the, uh, the talent, you know, the, the non-gender conforming, mm-hmm. you know, Invincible was holding down uh, women in hip-hop for the longest, you know? And um, now is uh, doing incredible work to move mm-hmm. folks uh, through anti-racism, you know, anti-misogyny, uh, with with film and with the, performance, the way that they have evolved and with writing is, and media and collective. It's just fascinating. Fascinating. So yeah, I mean, and then Mahogany Jones is now a super huge uh, megastar, <laughs> right, on the Ooh, global scene. We were talking Shout about the way mahogany. here. It's like Janelle Monae should know about her and be yes. bringing her on. We yeah. texted Mahogany and we're like, you need to get Janelle Monae your music because <laughs> you two should be friends. Yeah, so. yeah. And anyone can opening. help with that? Hook yeah. Up. Okay, yeah. So that's part of our mission too, right? Got to get women on these stages, mm-hmm. on these larger stages. We've 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 got some. We got them on some small stages. 
we've got them to open up for some some bigger artists we've got them on some tours we've got them to create their own tours uh next we got to get them on these larger stages right? and record labels right like Janelle Monet is a yeah. like wonderland labels so um her opening act last night two young african-american women on her label so nice Dope. Forging more yeah, of those and connections. everybody except for one person in her whole getup were women. I mean, the dancers, yeah. the musicians. She's very supportive. And her album, I, I talked about it a few times. Amazing. Her album, the new album, is incredible. Yeah. And then, and then you know, she pushes the envelope with her uh, visual, uh, what is it, artistry. You know, it's just amazing and incredible, well-designed. The costuming and the colors and just, you know, the visual element that she brings is just beautiful. Yes. And it's... You know what I mean? It's just inspiring. You and know? her politics, right? Her she politics are just incredible. Sometimes I really am dying to talk it. about this pipe because we talk about it. Like, we like, what makes some kinds of sexuality and the expression of it progressive and some of it really scary? Like, tip drill is very different than what Janelle Monet is doing. I don't feel threatened. I don't mm-hmm. feel objectified. She's doing it for herself. Nobody's running something down her, whatever. I mean, and that's probably, you know, more what it is, too, right? Like, if you're a woman taking charge mm-hmm. of your sexuality then that has a different feeling right. than a man taking charge of your sexuality right and, and she's not produced <laughs> you don't get the feeling that the industry made her do it you feel like this, this is, is what her i want to do identity well, this is her sp- and that's important that's Way important she loves, you know? yeah that's important is you know is that to to know is that it's it's her authentic voice that she's putting forward and that's really you know, that's what we're about. It's like, who are you about? Like, put your authentic and she's fully clothed. Her oh, sexuality yeah. comes through, but she's you because know, it has nothing to do with exactly. clothes. You know, it's yeah, it's about your messaging. What do you have to say? Um, and your power. Like mm-hmm. she's she's using her power, right? Right. She, to like ex- to, to to show, you know, what the world that she wants to see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like artists come into this wanting to do that but then end up compromising mm-hmm. because they want to be heard and be seen and be liked and be accepted because they, because it's scary to be out there on your own and then mm-hmm. have your own voice. And then people say, well, we're not going to pay for that. <laughs> right. But she's found a way uh, through her Prince mentorship, RIP Prince, uh, you know, to, to be her full authentic self unapologetically, unbelievably talented and make so money doing ways. it. Incredible. I always talk about money, awesome. you know, and I'm such so, such an anti-capitalist, but it's more about because money allows you the freedom mm-hmm. to do the things. Well, at least at this point in time, that money has value, allows you the freedom uh, to be able to be a Janelle Monet. Yeah, and she's doing it to like using that platform to mm-hmm. be louder and more political, you know, or as political as she's ever been. Um, mm-hmm. and, so and which is powerful, right? Like night. that she uses her voice. That she chooses to use mm-hmm. her voice. You know what I'm saying? Because a yeah. lot of artists will tell you, well, I got to do this or that because that's what the industry is going to accept. And she's, right. she's setting not a precedent. Like, <clears throat> I'm doing me. Of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting paid to do me. Mm-hmm. So, that, I don't know. But, but, but at the same time, her me, though, let's just acknowledge, is like some stellar, like, me stuff. <laughs> right? Oh, like, yeah. Her me is like, that's an amazing me. Right. So like, you, you, it's not like you could just be like, well, I'm just me and be mediocre. Mm-hmm. You know, like you got to be the stellar you. Right. Like, yeah. But she that? encourages all her fans to be the stellar them, which was really mm-hmm. just beautiful. That's beautiful. Yes, it is. OK, so right. you guys got to go. I know because I've held you already like 
It's really hot. An hour yeah. and a half, and um, you're hot. We had to turn off the air. Right you. <laughs> <laughs> White chicks in the hood. That's the next film. <laughs> but, I was gonna direct it. I'm gonna f- I'm gonna film it. But listen, um, I really appreciate that you guys step stop by. Tell us because you know we got to do all these outros, and mm-hmm. people are gonna like Google all this stuff. So we need to like spell everything correctly and all that. So tell us, like, say your names and spell your names. Tell us the name of the project again. You don't have to spell it, but but oh, tell yeah. us the name of the project again, and give us the um, website and spell the website and where people can find you. Was that a lot? Um, okay, so my name is Rebecca Faruja. So it's R-E-B-E-K-A-H. And the last name is F-A-R-R-U-G-I-A. Um, oh, yeah. So the project we're working on, a uh, tentative title right now is Women Rapping Revolution, Hip-Hop and Community Building in 21st Century Detroit. And I guess you can just Google me. Um, <laughs> Google me. Twitter, Facebook. I don't go on my Instagram hardly ever, but you gotta get on Instagram. And I'm on, but not really. Um, and I don't know. I guess we should make a web page for the book once it happens. Yeah, once yeah. the book happens. Once the book happens. <laughs> okay. And then, um, well, what about you, Miss? I am Kelly Hay. K E L L I E. Don't ever forget that E. H A Y. And Rebecca gave you the title of our project, which is about the history of the foundation, documenting it, and how it's morphed into We Found Hip Hop. Well, it's relationship uh, to community building. Definitely. And um, you can find me on the same places. I'm on, you can Google me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm at, at Obi-Wan on Twitter. And, uh, oh, Oakland.edu. Yes, and at Oakland.edu in the Department of Communication and Journalism. If you go to our department's website, you can find our um, pages and um, our profiles and a list of what we've published and where. Mm. Wow. I'm really excited. Like, this is exciting. And I'm glad you guys came. I'm going to bring you back on to come as, like, co-guests sometime to talk to some of my guests. Is that cool? That'd be lovely. Yeah, you guys are, like, really smart and got great questions and stuff. Yes. Um, I've learned a lot from you, and uh, I really appreciate it. goes both ways. Yeah, there we go. Always. Yeah. (laughs) So we just, you know, just appreciate you guys, like, supporting the work and um, getting out there. So good luck with this book. I'm going to say good luck and congratulations, like, at the same time. (laughs) I think. Is that cool? So this has been the Piper Carter Podcast on Detroit is Different, and you can find me on Piper Carter on all platforms on Piper Carter. And you can find Detroit is Different on all platforms as well. So check us out. We're here every week. And email me, piper at DetroitIsDifferent.com. Uh, let me know uh, what you think about the show, what you think about this show. If you want to get the book, which you really need to get it when it comes out. And um, we should probably do like a giveaway. Once the book Ooh, comes out, we'll bring well, you back and totally. do like a cool sure. giveaway and yes. uh, have you guys do some sort of trivia or something to do the giveaway. That'll be sweet. So, yeah, um, listen, tune in, Piper Carter podcast on Detroit is Different. Thank you for listening. <laughs>